Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today to the Sheila Zelensky Show. I brought this guest on for a part two, and the reason being is that I was I was actually very, very shocked. Now, the show was by Pastor Monty Mulkey, who I actually consider him and his wife to be my personal pastors, again, studied under the great Win Worley and others. They've been in ministry almost as long as I've been alive. I trust these people. And I also trusted him with a very, I guess, controversial topic or what I would like to say a timely topic. And his church spent a lot of time praying about it. I've spent years praying about this topic. And there's no one I really trusted more after I heard his talk on this. And I was so shocked by comments is what I was really shocked about. The one overarching theme was, how can I possibly support your ministry, Sheila? I'm broke. So that was a real shocker to me that people said, you know, I barely have $5 to scratch together. I think they missed out on the entire show that Monty did called The High Cost of Free Riding. There's a valuable, powerful, life-changing message, and yet 90% of the comments were totally negative and frankly shocking. And, and I really believe that this is a right now message from the living God. And there's a reason why a lot of people out there are broke. It's very convenient that people don't want to talk about it because, you know, obviously there's been some people that have hijacked this whole agenda. But this is a very, very, very powerful biblical principle. And uh, I don't know anyone else that does deliverance on this subject. When it comes to this topic, there is no more powerful way to get free from all this stuff than what we're talking about. So Monty, I'm I'm glad you joined me on this part two of this show. And I think it's really imperative that Christians listen to this. And then I had a lot of comments in regards to, well, you know, with all the prosperity pimps out there, well, you know what? I'm not one. We all get that there's lascivious lifestyle pastors out there. I'm not one of those. That's not what we're talking about here today. We're not talking about lascivious lifestyles of the rich and famous. We're talking about the comments that I got on this this video. And again, it's linked below in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, it is linked there also on the podcast. The first show, which is imperative that you listen to if you have not already heard it. This is life-changing teaching today, folks. And we're going to have deliverance prayer at the end. And I think... Uh, I think your life is never going to be the same after this show. But I, I got to tell you, I haven't been able to reconcile this. I literally was just willing to throw in the towel. I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm done. People aren't supporting. I've got maybe one or two percent of the actual listeners um, are actually supporting this ministry. And it's it's been a real source of frustration. You know, I thought, Lord, you know, should I go to a paywall? And then if I go to a paywall, the ones that really seriously can't afford it like some person that's temporarily on disability in their life or maybe somebody that hasn't got a chance to heard this message that's life-changing this has been a huge dilemma to me do I put it behind a paywall do I just give it out to the public because yes people comment well God provides yeah you know what God does provide usually through his people put up your hand if a bag of money's dropped through your ceiling lately yeah that's what I thought God provides through his people ministries that are enriching the lives of the saints. I'm not talking about a political pundit. That is not what this ministry is. This ministry is equipping the body for the end times through spiritual warfare, deliverance. I mean, you know how I feel about deliverance and healing and salvation going hand in hand. You can't have prayer without the spiritual warfare part. I think it's ineffective. That's my personal opinion. That's no one else saying it. That's me. I think that prayer is when you're addressing God and that's as, it's vital. It's important. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's so important. But the part that the church, when I say the church, the body of Christ is leaving out is the spiritual warfare. We have an enemy. We're in a war zone. And yet people aren't being taught that. So, you know, I get the emails and the letters pouring in all the time. Sheila, your ministry's changed my life. These powerful speakers you have on your show has changed my life. Well, how do you put a price tag on that then? If it's changing people's lives, then why is it not being supported? Well, the question is, are you actually giving into a powerful ministry? That, that's the question that I have. You know, no one bats an eye to pay $9 for a latte a day, but they won't support a ministry that is changing people's lives. It, th this ministry comes at a great cost. And I think this is a very important show. 
I'm giving it to the end of the year to have a certain goal on Patreon. And if I don't achieve it, then I'm going to go do something else. I have a goal that I've set for the end of December and I I have a goal and it's to get a thousand patrons. And of course, anybody can sign up for just a couple of dollars. And I think this is really an important message that Monty's going to bring today because I have a goal. And if I don't reach my goal at the end of December, then this show is not going to be able to be available anymore to anyone. I really feel like God wants to deliver this message. I feel it with every fiber of my being. You guys have come to trust me. So trust me when I tell you everyone needs to listen to this message today. Monty, I'm just going to hand you the mic and let you get into this part too. Um, You know, I really, really hope some changes occur from this program. More than the problem of people not sewing into what I believe is a powerful ministry, the bigger issue I have, Monty, is the comments that I got back, the emails that I got back, the comments that I got back saying, you know, we just don't have the money. But then why are they eating the meat of the program then? Something stinks in Denmark with all this, Monty, and I hope you're going to shed some light on it for all these people that they just eat the meat, they eat the meat of this ministry, and they just sow nothing. Well, maybe there's a reason that your finances are bound up, and I think this is going to be a powerful message. You know what? I don't have spirits of offense and religious spirits. Thank God I got delivered from that. So I pray that today people have the ears to hear, and I believe your situation, if you're broke and you can't support this ministry that people say they've been blessed by it but then they don't bat an eye to just sow their little their one or two dollars and you know what quite frankly guys let's be honest i would never send somebody one or two dollars like i actually consider that to be a slap in the face myself and i'm just gonna say it for the people that have the means i'm not talking about some little old lady on disability that has a couple dollars left at the end of any month i'm talking about able-bodied working christians that are eating the meat of this program. That's what I'm talking about. And you know, Monty, you know how I feel about it. I'm I'm just going to hand you the mic and let you take it away, sir. So uh, looking forward to this teaching. I think it's going to be very powerful. So the mic is yours, Monty. Take it away. Well, Sheila, I thank you very much for having me back on tonight. And it is amazing the different comments and things that this message has stirred up. It's very interesting. And Actually, I've got comments from both sides of the spectrum, and the message was designed to show people how God wants us to live. I received a number of positive comments where people said, you know what, Pastor Monty, you're right, and it, it convicted me. I need to pay for what I eat. I need to pay for what I take time and so forth, and, and I'm going to do that. And we had many comments that way. And those people, they're not the ones that add comments on YouTube and other things. They just hear something from the Lord and they say, yes, Lord, I need to do that. But what's amazing is the comments of the people that either didn't hear the message, commented and made comments, things like, well, I can't afford this, I'm unemployed and all that. They really missed the entire principle of the whole message of what God was trying to do. And that's to teach the law a personal responsibility because there's so much entitlement and these are some of the spirits that people need to get rid of the ones that are crying out saying I can't pay I can't pay I can't pay they're the ones that need to get deliverance from spirits of entitlement they're the ones that need to have their attitudes and opinions changed to what is it that God is saying how is it that God wants them to live it's all through the word of God Let me reread this one verse here in Jeremiah 22, 13. And this really is God's view of free riders. He says, Woe unto him that builds his house by unrighteousness, his chambers by wrong, that uses his neighbor's service without wages or without paying them anything, and giveth him not for work. That means someone who freely, for nothing, just takes advantage of everybody else. This thinking that they can just have everything for nothing is the very thing that God wants to re-educate his people with. They need to be taught that it's not right. They need to be taught and they need to get rid of a boatload of demons of poverty mentality, socialism, entitlement, selfishness, greed, and religious spirits. All of those are spirits that cause 
God's people to be free riders. And if they want to change their financial situation, then the answer is very simple. Get deliverance on those spirits and learn how to give, which actually the free rider part of this message is, is just you know part one of four or five parts of this whole thing. As I sought the Lord about this topic, this is what he brought me to, and he showed me all about free riders. And then the next very thing is the spirit of enabling. And enabling is when we pay for other people's way all the time. We pay their bills and not hold them accountable. And so, uh, well, basically when I conduct business, they have to pay or they can't have it. It's that simple. And they have no place to comment. So people that don't want to change, that just want to complain, I don't even want to listen to them because if they're not listening to the message anyway, I mean, the message is very encouraging. I met many people that said, I listened to it, Pastor Monty. I didn't hear any condemnation or anything in it. I was convicted of how I did think sometimes, but I thought it was a very gracious, merciful message of what God wants to do, and that he's a rewarder for those that will pay their own way. Now, if they are not in that position to pay their own way, then they need to start the very principles of God. For example, many of the negative comments are from people that say, well, I'm unemployed. I say, excuse me, really? You're unemployed in a in a climate of less than 1% unemployment? You can't find a job? What is the problem? Maybe it is that you're uneducated, and so you need to start somewhere. Maybe you don't want to start with the job that uh, seems beneath you. Burgerville is always hiring, and you know what? If you're at the bottom, then you got to start somewhere. Learn how to work. Learn how to work and pay your own way. This is entirely what scripture talks about. Pay your own way. And if, if you're lusting after something that you want and you can't afford it, then you can't afford it. Enabling is basically a spirit that, well, first of all, enabling comes from a alcoholic pattern where we feel that we need to rescue or take care of people. This rescuing often implies paying off the bills of your children or your spouse or various things. And the problem that happens with us sometimes in ministry is we are supposed to have a giving heart and a giving nature. And we do give, but sometimes it's in excess. And so we transfer from enabling as parents often to enabling as ministers and missionaries, and we come up with this enabling behavior of um, paying the way for people. Well, this is the only way for people that are truly free riders to learn that they have to pay their own way is to stop feeding them. It's amazing how they will tear up a ministry that won't give them something for free. But on the other hand, if they can't go into any restaurant and get a free meal, can they? Or into any bookstore and get a free book from them. It's just not there. So what is it that God wants? Well, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But God will not reward the free rider lifestyle. And I'm, I'm sorry, but all of you people that complain, you're going to stay stuck there. You will never, ever get out of the situation that you're in until you decide to do things God's way. That's pay your own way. First Thessalonians 4.11. Study to be quiet. Do your own business. Work with your own hands. Second Thessalonians 3.12. With quietness, work and eat your own bread. And be content with the fruit of your labors. Yield to God's way. It is that simple. And his way is that you take care of, of the things that you purchase, that you listen to, and you don't take other people's work for nothing. This is where many Christians need to start because they've never learned how to give. Do you know Acts 20, 35 says, it's more blessed to give than receive. Well, to me, that tells me I want to be in a position then to be able to give, not have to receive all the time. And yet the free riders they're always in this position of needing to receive. Well, if they need to receive, they will never, ever have anything to give because you give out of your abundance. 
I mean, there's so many verses that God talks about in becoming a giver. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be on the earth. Well, this is telling me that you need to be a giver before you become unemployed, before you get sick and can't work. You should have already been a giver. And if you had been a giver, God would have taken care of you in those times when you couldn't give. It continues in verse 6, In the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest not whither thou shalt prosper. Okay, We're to give, not because we're trying to get something, but because that's what God expects of us as Christians. We are to become Christ-like as he is, and to learn how to become a giver. Now, I know there'll be the free riders that are listening and say, well, are you hearing what you're saying, Pastor Monty? You need to give. Well, you don't know me very well. I give a lot. I give more many times than what I take in. But on the other hand, I don't just give everything to people that uh, uh, want a free ride. Luke 6, 33, I'm already a giver and God has blessed my life. And I'm not given this message because I'm trying to solicit funds for you to give to me. Okay, I'm not asking for contributions for what I'm doing tonight. Okay, I'm not. I'm trying to teach you, as a good pastor teaches the sheep, how you are to conduct your affairs. Give and it shall be given unto you. Luke 6.33, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Okay, With the same measure that you meet, the same measure will be measured back to you again. I'm sorry, folks, but for every one of you that says, well, I can't give because I'm unemployed. Well, yes, unemployment happens, but how long have you been unemployed? And on the other hand, don't tell me you can't find a job in an, in an environment of less than 1% unemployment. There's plenty of work out there if you're willing to go to work. But this verse to you, give and it should be given unto you. Do you need to receive? Obviously, because you're unemployed, then you need to learn how to give. It is cyclic. It is a cycle that as you give, it comes back to you again. Okay? Folks, when I started out serving the Lord when I was 21, I was not a giver. I didn't know how to give. I was raised in a family that gave very little until I met Sharon's grandmother, who was a giver. And I couldn't believe it. Why would she be giving me something? I don't even know this lady. And I admired her, and, and it took me a while to understand, but I understood then the joy that she received because she learned how to give, and she loved to give. And so over time, as I got deliverance, I too learned how to become a giver. And as I learned how to become a giver, God started meeting my needs. Even when the evil days come upon me, he met my way because I was living his way prior to that. We must first give. First thing, and you say, well, I don't have any money to give. Then give yourself. The first thing starts with giving yourself to the Lord. Lord, I am yours. I will do what you ask me to do. That's what him being Lord is. Okay and give your life to him, and follow Christ, and then learn how to, to give. Giving does so many things. There's power in giving. Giving completes and establishes our righteousness. Giving is proof of our sincerity and love. Giving brings more of God's favor. Let's look at this, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. This I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Okay. Folks, when you hear scripture, this is not a, a hot potato that you pass on to somebody else. You take it, you read it, and you say, how does this apply to me? Am I a person that sows sparingly? If I am, I can expect to also reap sparingly. But if I sow bountifully, then I expect to reap bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or not of necessity. It's not even law, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Okay? If you've been sowing 
sparingly throughout your life, and I'm not just talking about since you got laid off from your job, but if you've lived this way your entire life, well, it's no wonder you have nothing to give for even a download. Look at this, verse 8, though, it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you will have sufficiency in all things and may abound in every good work. When somebody comes to me, comes to my church and says, Pastor Mike, I just can't get a job. I can't. I said, okay, sit down and we pray for them for free. And then I also teach them, but they also need to learn how to tithe. The tithe goes to God, but we pray for them for free. And then when I hear that they can't ever get a job, I tell them, you know what, take the first job that comes along. If it's at Burgerville, take it, go to work, because you're going to have to demonstrate to God that you want to live his way. And then you start giving, learn how to give and follow the Holy Spirit's guidance and, and learn in giving. But as you purpose in your heart, not grudgingly, as you learn how to become a giver, and by that I mean it changing your entire lifestyle, it would be a shame to you to have somebody label you a free rider because you're going to say, nobody's calling me that. I am going to learn how to pay my own way and I'm going to give. And if you become a giver, I don't mean just in the last 24 hours, but I mean change your life and live that way from today till the day you die. If you learn how to become a giver, God will make grace abound toward you and you'll have sufficiency in all things and may abound in every good work. Now, I'm sure some of you out there are probably thinking or saying, well, I don't have any money, or I gave my tithe to my church. I said, well, absolutely, your tithe should go to your church, but it's it's unfortunate. Everybody that comes into deliverance runs into this. They say, you know, my pastor, my church doesn't do deliverance. It would be the perfect church if it did deliverance. So, right, yeah. Well, you know what? If If you're hungry for a steak, you don't go to the coffee shop to have one. If your church doesn't do deliverance and that's what you need, you're going to the wrong church. You have to go to a church that does deliverance. And that should be your new church. In fact, all churches should be doing deliverance, but it makes me question, what are they teaching that's wrong? Because if they can't hear the Holy Spirit say, that's a demon, you need to do deliverance on your sheep, then what else are they preaching that's wrong? I, I would run. Now, I'm sure some of you are probably saying, well, Pastor Money, I've looked, I can't find a deliverance church. My church doesn't do deliverance. Well, folks, this is one reason why I come on the air and do broadcasts like this, is to show people that there there are churches that do deliverance. And I know there are very few churches in America that do deliverance, but you have, I guess, two options. You can either move to a deliverance church to get your deliverance, or you can join in via online and get your deliverance. It's the same way as, say, getting a college education. If you wanted to become a dentist, you have to go to a school that teaches dentistry. If you can't move there, then you need to do it online. If you don't have a deliverance church, first thing you need to cry out to God and say, Lord, I need a deliverance church. What do I do? How do I get connected with one? Well, go to my website, and there's directions, and you can listen to our church services online for free because it's our church service. But this is so important for those that truly want deliverance. If you want something, then you have to do the things that are required to get there. Just wanting something isn't sufficient enough to make things happen, just like being a giver. It needs to be part of your lifestyle. And you may have a lot of different spirits that are blocking you from becoming a giver. And by being a giver, I'm, I'm not just talking finances either, people. Okay, let, let's start it this way. Let's say you're unemployed, you've got zero money in the bank account. How do you become a giver? Go volunteer your time someplace. There's many places that you can go and begin to give things such as you have. Give your time, give your energy, give your prayer life. You can learn how to become a giver. By the way, giving costs you something or you're not really giving. So, you know, the, the value of a gift is not determined by a, 
its amount is determined by the spirit in which it's given. A gift given grudgingly or for recognition loses its value. So no matter how small or how large your income is, your tithe is pleasing to God when it's given out of gratitude in the spirit of generosity. Giving, though, folks, does fulfill the law of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6-7 tells us, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Okay, folks, if you want to continue in a free-riding lifestyle, then that's what you're going to reap. People will begin to try to free-ride on your efforts and your ambitions. They will try to take advantage of you because that's how you're treating other people. But if you become a giver, that's what you will reap as well. So if I was in that state, I'd ask, what do I want to be? Do I want to be a free rider all my life or do I want to be a giver? Yes, it may take you some time to change and do things around, but you can. You can change these things. And by the way, God is not asking you to do what you can't do financially. He's asking you to do what you can do in your realm of money. Luke 6:38, give and it shall be given unto you. Well, I'm poor, I'm broke, I need to receive, okay? This is what God says then. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men give in your bosom? Folks, people do give to me. I have plenty for my needs, and I give a lot. It says, for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Luke 6.38. Whenever you feel short of something, go give it. <laughs> this is true. It's God's principle of sowing and reaping. It's true for smiles. You say, boy, I didn't meet anybody that smiled to me today. Well, did you smile at anybody? How about love, friendship? So you can't outgive God. When you become a giver because you want to become Christ-like, God will see that it is returned back to you. I care about people, and I care about those that are saying, I'm unemployed, I have no money. That's a horrible place to be in. I've been there. I've lived that way. But I changed my life. I began to do the things the Bible told me to do, and God began to bless me. And that's what I want to encourage you. So if this message stings, and you say, well, I'm being a free rider, then just change it. The verse, I think it's in James, says, you know, if you'll take a step toward God, he'll take multiple steps toward you. Because it's it's horrible being in a place where you have no job, you have no money. It's fearful. It's it's. I, I understand. I've been there. But when I decided to live God's way and follow his word, God began to bless me and change my life. He will do the same thing for you. If you take one step toward God, he'll take two back toward you. And he can prosper your life. You can turn it around. But if you want to continue to be a free rider, it's not going to work. You will never, ever be blessed or have abundantly or come out of that. You have to change your way. Now, that's probably the real issue. A lot of people don't want to change what they're doing. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9. It's written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Does God take care of the oxen? Well, absolutely. God takes care of the oxen, and he will. But Paul is showing this example to the Corinthians. He's saying, but folks, having somebody come and teach you the word of God, don't muzzle the mouth of the ox that's doing the work. And don't use the comment, well, God bless you, sister, bless you, brother. God will take care of you. Well, absolutely. He does take care of us because that's what we're doing. He is doing this for your sake. Proverbs eleven twenty four. There is that scatters and yet increases, and there is that withholdeth more than meat. It tends to poverty. Yeah, the paradox of greed causes poverty, and generosity causes wealth is a reoccurring theme in Scripture. So for those that are saying that, well, I'm unemployed, I have no money, I understand. You want deliverance, you've got to start somewhere. Start getting deliverance, start changing your life, coming in line with God's principles, His ways, and little by little, you can start coming out of the state that you're in of not having anything. You know, poor people 
I've found often have more of a problem with greed than rich people do. Because for a person to get rich, they had to provide something that others want. It's yeah, it's a paradox, but it's God that giveth power to the wealth. And if all you're achieving is poverty in life, then the things you're doing are wrong. There's plenty of money in the world. There's plenty of jobs in the world. When the government taxes more, God increases the wages. He takes care of his own, unless his own are rebellious and don't want to live this way. And they want to just, we had another word growing up. We called them moochers, a moocher who just lived off of the backs of other people's efforts. You'll probably need to get rid of a lot of spirits that fight against giving, such as fear, control, selfishness, greed, covetousness, hoarding. All of these are spirits. But when you realize that God will take care of your needs, you have nothing to worry about. You know, there's an interesting concept called slavery, where Paul talks about this, Jesus talks about, you know, where we are God's slave. He purchased us. And it's interesting because when you look at hirelings, people that do something for hire, that's their wage. That's what they get. But when you become a Christian, when he becomes your Lord, he's he's your master, and you do what you're told, the meaning of that word enslaved to God means that he doesn't give you a paycheck. He takes care of your needs. And that's what it meant to be a bond slave to the Lord. He meets your needs. And that's what we're talking about. So when you become enslaved to the Lord, he doesn't write you a paycheck. He takes care of the things that you need. God takes care of the things that I need, and he will do that for you too, so that you could say, you know, if people said, let's see a show of hands, how many of you out there tonight are free riders? How many of you are givers? You're probably in one camp or the other. And don't you want to change that? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Folks, if you're a free rider, you're there because that's what you're reaping. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall receive of the Spirit life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. What does that mean? Let us not be weary in being a giver, for in due season— We'll reap if we faint not. Life was designed, folks, to respond to worthiness, to deserving, not needing. On this planet, it doesn't read, if you need, you will reap. No, it reads, if you plant, you will reap. And so you say, well, I really need to reap. Then you really, really need to plant. And by planting, I mean being a giver. Because life is not designed for the needers. Life was designed for the planters. You don't reap a harvest in the fall because you need it, but because you deserve it. You deserve it because you planted in the spring and you took care of the crop all summer long. The laborer is worthy of his hire. If you're not working, go to work. Well, folks, one one of the things that we see a lot and One of the great things that deliverance does is deliverance gets rid of everything that's false, everything that's brought about by the devil. And this is one of the things that people who continue in deliverance have been in deliverance for a long time is that they start getting rid of religious spirits. There's so many things out there that are under this category of religious spirits. For example, thinking that, well, because you serve the Lord, you shouldn't be making a decent income. It's amazing where the religious spirits that come up that people think about, you know, they look at what kind of car I'm driving or not driving, you know, which has nothing to do with it. If I have a good car, I've earned it. I paid for it. So many religious spirits, I guess, that people need to get rid of and think that you should take a vow of poverty. Actually, it's the other way around. If, if Read the Bible and you find out the people that serve God, serve God their entire life, he blessed them and everything that they set their hand to prospered. For example, Abraham, Joseph, Job, not that they didn't have attacks by the devil. Job had the attacks by Satan himself, and yet God gave it all back to him again. Um, so I don't, this, this whole philosophy that pastors and ministers shouldn't have any money, a lot of times it's just religious jealousy because they don't. I never begrudge anybody 
for making whatever they make. If you can afford it, God bless you, more power to you. You can have whatever you can afford. What difference does it make whether I'm a minister or not? This is a question that I get that comes up. You know, when I do talk about giving, and they say, well, that's what word faith teaches, Monty. You're sounding just like them. And I say, well, I'm teaching the Bible what it says. Word faith is teaching that too, but they don't believe it. Folks, there is a difference between word faith and scripturally living. Uh, Let me draw you an analogy, a good picture first off. If you were to go to the store and you buy rat poison, rat poison is 90% to 95% nutritious, edible food that you could eat. It's only 5 to 10% strychnine. Now, all of the false gospels, like the word faith, they're using 90% good stuff. They use scriptures. Otherwise, you know, if it was all strychnine, you wouldn't even ever listen to them. So it's mixed in with 90% good. But if you don't know how to pick out the 10% strychnine, you're going to die. So let me draw the picture. You hear the televangelist, you know, with 18 houses on TV saying, oh, we got needs, we got needs. You need to mail in a check, and if you do, mail in $1,000, and God will bless you a tenfold back. And I tell people, well, folks, first of all, he doesn't believe what he's preaching. He's just preaching those scriptures to control you, because if he believed it, he'd be mailing you a check. And I've never met a person in all my life who ever got a check from one of these guys. So yes, there is a difference between a legitimate pastor and the mega church whatever who who they don't believe in themselves giving. They're just preaching it for you to give it. Folks, if you want to come examine my life, I live what I preach. And Sheila, you are a giver. I've seen that demonstrated in your life. And God will meet your needs. He takes care of you. Just like in the verse, it said, yeah, God will take care of the ox, but it's not right for you to muzzle telling the church, the Corinthian church, he wasn't telling the world, he was telling the church, it's not right for you to muzzle the mouth of the ox, treading out the corn that you're eating. That's good. That's good right there. So I posted this very flowery, like, pray for favor or whatever. Oh, that'll get a million likes. You know, God wants you to come up higher and praise the Lord. God wants you to have favor, which he does, but... But those kind of messages get like a million likes. I I don't know why this is. It seems like every person is cheap or they just don't like, like it goes back to that $9 latte. They don't have a bad an eye to do that. But then they'll send me their little flim flam $5 a month. And that really bothers me. But what bothers me more, Monty, than even the fact that people aren't sewing into the Sheila's landscape ministry. Because one thing I will tell folks, I am the only woman that I know with the exception of Sharon Mulkey that attacks these big subjects like the mind control, the Frankfurt School, the communitarianism. There is not another female on this planet that does deliverance that is a minister, not a political pundit. There's not another woman on this planet that I know that does exactly what I do and has the kind of reach that I do. And yet, it, you know, and, I, and I'm willing to just walk away from it because there's no, there's not the prop. I, I don't believe there's the proper support that I should be getting. Because if I had $1 for a million people that are listening to this show a month, that'd be a million dollars. But <laughs> like there, there's right. something wrong with this picture, Monty. There is. And I, I, it's in part of it deals with that's the crowd that you drew by having a program that was free. It it draws that kind of a clientele and okay. it, it, it gets you a lot of those numbers. You know, I charge a registration for a workshop simply because it does require people to they have to do something if they want to attend. It, it, it's and it's not so high that they can't afford it. You know, I I make the downloads affordable. It's less than an order of French fries, $3.50 for one message. And if folks really want to get deliverance, well, they're going to have to pay for the education. But you're not just providing education, you're providing. Deliverance is the only thing that will set somebody free, though. That's right, yeah. And it's, how can you even put a price on that? 
and this is what people don't understand. And I can tell people what it takes to get free. And a lot of people uh, would probably chase them, scare them away. They, they don't want to do those things. So many people are lazy, selfish. They don't want to work. They don't want to give. And those people never get free anyway. So I don't waste a lot of time with them. I don't listen to their comments because they don't even know what they're talking about. So, you know, I think down the road, this is one thing that for you to to shut off and you'd begin to only hear from those that do value what you're doing. I want to see you continue because they're like there is nobody else doing this, you know, just us. There's, you know, so so few areas. So I don't want the free riders to implode the ministry that you've got going. But yet. You know, I come online, but it's I take the view. I look at it, and I'm like, this is my my advertising that I do give away for free. In essence, I to get out to people that haven't heard about deliverance and they don't know anything about it. So I'm always giving away a certain percentage of of my time, my speaking, but I also regulate it at the same time where I don't give so much that it takes away from my bringing in what I need to bring or to to take care of the needs of my church. But when people come to my church, they get deliverance on all these spirits because they, they start partaking in the church and they learn how to tithe. They learn how to become a giver or they don't make it in deliverance. They don't stay because they as they start getting deliverance, they see that, wow, I need to change these things. I need to be, I need to do these things. And as they do, then God starts taking care of them. So, folks, uh, I really want to encourage you to learn the ways of God, to not go the way of the world. The way of the world is wanting something for nothing. Why is this in every person, you know, this this spot in us that we want to get something for nothing? My purpose to even bring this message is to help change the life of some of those you people to a place where you can have a life of abundance. 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, If any provide not for his own, those of his own house, he's denied the faith, worse than an infidel. Uh, it's, it's so multiple verses that I've given that show you that we are to take care of our own way. Again, Jeremiah 22, 13 says, Woe unto the person, this is talking to God's people, that uses his neighbor's service without reimbursing. And the problem with free riders is that it really forces ministries to begin to look at having to legislate or put a fee on something instead of, you know, if every Christian did what they were supposed to, then there'd be no need to legislate. So to the free riders, your attitudes and opinions actually work against ministries being able to give to those that do need to receive, because we do like to give. We do like to get the word out there. But on the other hand, as a pastor, I also need to teach God's people when they're not living his way. Stop expecting something for nothing. In every promise of God throughout the Bible, it says, if you do this, God will do this. You have to give something. You have to do something. And that's the thing that we hopefully want to try to get across. It's not because I'm trying to make people feel bad. It's because we want to help people get out of the state, the position, the area that they're in to get out of that so that you can have an abundance. And folks, you can. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. He's done it for others. He will certainly do it for you. But, you know, if you have a a rotten attitude toward it, well, then you get to live with it, is all I can say. You will forever be stuck in that. And don't try to put words into my mouth. One, I won't listen to your replies back to me because I really don't care. My job is to teach you what the Word says. You either listen to it and take it in, let it help you, or not. And I hope that you do. Now, for those that have heard these things, and they are saying, Lord, I want my life to change. I'm tired of being in a place of lack, want, need, automatic failure. How do I change my life? Well, that begins with you starting to get deliverance. So we're going to do some mass deliverance. I'm going to start calling out these things. And you know what? If 
if you want to change, God can change you, but it's going to require, you need to get rid of these demons that are talking to you, filling your mouth full of some of these absurd things that are being said. It's, it's, it's amazing. But get rid of these demons and let your life change. Because until you get rid of the demons, it's, nothing probably will change much. So with that, Sheila, I think I'll go ahead and start praying. Let's do some mass deliverance and, and see if, uh, if we can get some of these demons out of people. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name tonight. Lord, we thank you that you, God, are a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Lord, you have demonstrated to us the importance of being a giver and the joy that comes in giving. And Father, we ask that you will help us grow to a place in our Christian life that we too can become a giver because it is more blessed to give than to receive. And there is joy that comes with giving. Father, we ask that you would deliver us from every evil spirit tonight that stops us from giving and holding us in poverty, lack, want, and need. Set us free, Father, in Jesus' name. I take authority tonight over every evil spirit that blocks people from giving. All the spirits of selfishness, fear, greed, covetousness, I earned this, hoarding, all those demons that tell you you don't need to give, you don't need to pay your own way. All those evil spirits in Jesus' name come out now. Just take a deep breath, folks, and breathe them out. Tell them to go. All the spirits of entitlement and socialism, who told you that everything should be for free? Where do you see that in life? God even holds you to a stricter standard. He wants his people to tithe. He says, that's my part. Give it back. So just amazing. But these are demons that talk to people. All of the, the being tight, the greed. I'm not letting go of any of my pennies. I'm not sharing nothing. Fear, fear of running out of money. Come out, demons. You loose God's people tonight in Jesus' name. Breathe them out, folks. Tell them to go. Father, for people that need healing tonight, that are sick, they would go to work, but they need healing. Father, we pray for healing tonight for those that want to work, that want to prosper, but their health is not good. Lord, I ask that you would bring healing, restore their life, restore their strength, Father, in Jesus' name, and meet their financial needs, Lord, tonight in Jesus' name. I come against, Lord, the spirits of greed, poverty, spirits of lack, want, need, automatic failure, every evil spirit that blocks people from living the life of being a giver, that should be looking for opportunities to give and want to give and want to help. Lord, stir the people up, set them free, Lord. And I loose your spirit, Father, to enable people, to raise up people, Lord, to support the ministry so that we don't need to legislate payments. You demons, that are users, moochers, every alcoholic spirit, all of those spirits of wanting something for nothing, that's covetousness because you want what other people want and you don't want to pay for it. All these spirits of covetous, lust, greed, automatic failure, you've probably inherited many of these spirits. Father, in Jesus' name, I come against and break off all the family line curses of poverty, of greed, covetousness, lack, want, need, every one of these spirits in Jesus' name. I command you to come out of God's people. We order them to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Set them free, Father. I come against every spirit of free riding, wanting a free ride, not wanting to be responsible for their life. All of these spirits that are, are slothful, taking advantage of other people, the user spirits, just use people up, use things up, and have no intention of giving back, even in a word of prayer. All these spirits, Father, of free riding, we command them to come out. Come out of God's people tonight. You loose God's people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come out of them right now. Every spirit of enabling, the spirits of the, the, the enabler spirit, the spirit that are in people that go around looking for free things, this not wanting to have to pay for something. Where's the joy in getting something that you got for free? All of the spirits that don't want to give. You demons, come out. Come out of God's people all the way out. I loose the spirit of generosity into people in Jesus' name. Teach them, Lord, the art of giving, of what it means in Jesus' name. All the spirits of enabling, 
come out right now, move out. Wanting to be enabled, looking for somebody that will take care of me. Come out right now in Jesus' name. Every spirit, God will teach you that you have to sow so that you can reap. That's the way the world operates. That's the way the marketplace operates. Come out all the way out. Move out. Move out. Stealing, lust of the eye, pride of life, all of the religious spirits wanting to be rescued. Come out. Move out in Jesus' name. Move. Stealing. Let him the stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. On all the lazy spirits, I don't want to work. I don't like the kind of work that's out there. Every demon in Jesus' name that tells people, I don't want to work. I should get the same payment for those that work harder. Come on. All the way out. Move out. Every spirit of socialism, entitlement in Jesus' name. It's too hard. Come out. Whining, moaning, grinding, complaining demons, come out of God's people right now. Loose them. Let them go. Father, as they take a step toward you, I am asking that you bless them, Lord. Show them, Lord, without a doubt, Lord, that you're blessing their actions for lining up with your word. Lining up, Father, with becoming a giver. You said in Galatians that not to be deceived, that you wouldn't be mocked. People would reap what they sow. So, Lord, as people begin to take a step in sowing, in sowing what they can, show them, Lord, and bless them abundantly, Father, to see that it's the right way to go, that you will rebuke the devourer for them if they line up with your word. Lord, I truly believe that. You've done it for me. What you've done for one, you do for others. Set your people free, Lord, from all religious spirits, religious expectations and things in Jesus' name. Set them free from all greed, covetousness, and lusts of the world. These are the spirits of the world that people have picked up, Lord. Now you ask, Lord, I loose your angels to go and deliver your people from this stuff, Lord, so that they can move forward and begin to serve you how you intended it to be. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. I praise your name. I pray, Lord, that it doesn't fall on deaf ears. I pray that people will humble themselves and line themselves up with you, Lord, that they will pray to you, Lord. I lose the spirit of prayer. Cause them, Lord, to come to you, to seek your face, saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? Teach them, Father. Open up your word, Father, so as they read your Bible, they'll see the way that they're to live in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, for everything in Jesus' name tonight. Amen and amen. Amen. So powerful. So Monty, now we're going to talk a little bit about a very exciting event coming up. Make sure that you book your tickets now. Don't plan on doing anything April 24th to 26th, 2020. I want to see you out there in Montrose, Colorado for the West Coast Church of Deliverance. And I'm even going to see if Monty, um, let's see, I'm seeing if he wants to do a winter one in 2020 in sunny thousand oaks i'm gonna bring you out here to do a deliverance <laughs> so we'll see if we can we can uh, twist his arm to do that but anyway monty it's always such a pleasure and thank you for this very powerful two-part series folks if you haven't heard the first one it's linked in the description below monty it's always a pleasure thank you so much for coming on sir yes thanks sheila for having me on the lord bless you it's a blessing to to get to work with you so Amen. god bless then until next time Folks, thank you so much for listening to the program today. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.